What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Facade. I'm your host, Gavin J. Gallagher, and on this podcast, I explore the mental and emotional game often playing out subconsciously, both in your mind and the mind of everyone else in the real estate or property investment market. The key to success in this game is to master your mindset and behavior, to take control of your thoughts, your emotions, and most importantly, your ego. Welcome to the show. Guys, real quick before we begin, just want to ask a quick favor. If you could, please leave a review for the podcast, whatever platform you're listening in on. If you're able to give it a five-star rating, if you're able to add in a little bit of a review, it makes such a difference to our uh, to the podcast and to the way it gets you know pushed out there on the different platforms. That's all. Nothing else to ask. Now let's get on with the show. So 2022 has been a really eventful year in the investment world. The post-pandemic inflation has really hit these high levels. Um, In fact, it's hit like 40-year peak at this stage. And central banks are on the back foot really trying to fight this. And they're increasing interest rates in order to combat inflation. Now, this increase of rates has had a predictable um, corresponding impact in asset values. And you've seen it across the board, whether it's stocks or whether it is crypto, whether it is real estate, everything has been in some way, shape or form impacted. Now, different markets react in different ways, but the optimal mindset of an investor never really changes. Regardless of which market you operate inside, it's essential that you have this kind of optimum investor mindset. That is a mindset is a person who is calm, a person who is rational and is unflappable and kind of confident in their thesis and in their decision making. Of course, it's easier said than done. Um, so today's topic, uh, the video topic, is going to be developing that investor mindset. To say asset prices fell in 2022 would be something of an understatement. Um, uh, maybe even a gross understatement. Let's face it, it's been an absolute bloodbath. And the stock markets around the world are down. Crypto markets are down. The S&P, which is one of those big indexes that everyone watches over in the US, that is down 20% in 2022. So if you had 100 at the beginning of uh, 2022, you ended the year with 80. Now, the Nasdaq's been worse. Nasdaq is with the one that tracks the tech market. That is down 33%. So if you started the year with 100 million or 100,000 or 100 euro, 100 dollars, whatever, you ended the year with 67 dollars. And so it has not been great. And tech favorites like Tesla are down 65%. So they're even worse. And Meta, which is now, you know, Facebook, WhatsApp and Instagram, that is down 70% year to date. And um, crypto markets also badly, badly impacted. Bitcoin is down 65%. Now, FTX, which was the, um, the big, uh, you know, the crypto exchange that Samuel Bankman-Fried was running, that has gone bankrupt. And Samuel Bankman-Fried himself has been now extradited to the US and is facing serious fraud charges. And so, it, like, he is looking at literally going to jail for something like 60 years or something like that. So... Pretty serious charges against him. And he's not alone. If you look at the entire crypto market, it has been going through these ructions as a result of that. So you've had Terra Luna has collapsed. Three Arrows Capital has collapsed. Voyager has collapsed. Celsius has collapsed. 
BlockFi has collapsed. So it has been a bloodbath. Now, when you get to the big question, when you listen to this podcast or this, uh, this channel, is that we are now looking at the real estate market. Like, what is the real estate market going to do next? And as we know, many housing markets around the world have started to soften. Uh, the U.S. market is reportedly down 35% in the year to, uh, 2022. The U.K. market is facing some challenges of their own. And they are, I, I read recently, they are going to be looking at the worst and longest recession on record. Uh, having said all that, they are expecting the housing slowdown to, to fall just by about 5%, which is not bad. However, commercial assets in the UK, they're predicting that those could fall by as much as 20 to 30%. Now, that might not seem like a huge drop when you compare it with what's happened in crypto and stock market and stuff. But if you consider that most of these big funds that buy commercial assets use a lot of leverage, and so 20% fall in values could be like a 200% fall in value um, when the leverage is taken into account. So literally investors could lose 100% of their capital in some of those situations. So it is risky. In China, the property market has gotten so bad. And I talked about this in episode 79 in November of 2021 when I talked about Evergrande. But the Chinese government has actually now decided to roll back its own three red lines that they created to try to kind of contain the gambling that was going on in the Chinese market. And they seem to have basically the medicine that they brought in to bring that under control is so painful and so unattractive that it has completely rocked their property market. And they, they suddenly realize, uh oh, we made a big mistake. We need to put this back in the can. And uh, so they're very much on the back foot. So property markets all over the world are starting to kind of struggle a little bit as a result of what's going on with interest rates, inflation, you know, in consumer sentiment, investor sentiment, everything is starting to get impacted. Now, what about my own home market, Ireland? That is seems to be faring a little bit better. And um, that is not to say that it's going to continue to go like that. But as I've already reported multiple times on this channel, we have got accurate, uh, an acute housing crisis uh, here in this country. And that was already the case before 70,000 Ukrainian refugees were welcomed into the country. And so we are now at an absolute like breaking point in terms of the housing market. And it's not just the housing market. We also have problems with our hospital system and uh, the medical system and stuff. Um, but getting back to housing, we have not actually seen a correction in house prices, at least not yet. Um, what we have seen is a slowdown in the rise, which is not to say that they have fallen, but instead of a tearing away at 15% a year, I think it's now fallen back to 6% a year. And 6% a year is still a pretty comfortable increase. And most investors will be pleased with a stable 6% per annum increase in, in their values. Uh, but the future remains to be seen. We really don't know what to expect next, because if you take into consideration that the, the market does tend to lag, and so what you see happening in the stock market and in crypto, it does often happen in real estate, but usually on a, on a longer timeline. Now, affordability 
as I've, I've said it multiple times, and I'm not going to bore you all talking about affordability, but it is definitely the issue. Uh, but that also presents opportunities. And, uh, and I know certainly some of the guys that I work with and some of the people that I'm coaching and stuff, they are looking at the house of multiple occupancy, the HMO strategy. And it does seem to be a strategy that will work in this kind of affordability situation that we're in because people are looking for cheaper methods of rental and if you can't afford to rent a house for 2000 but you can afford a room at you know 750 or whatever then i think those people that are renting rooms will probably do quite well the supply demand imbalance uh, or supply demand tension as it's often known is another key aspect but that is so hard to fix uh, in the irish market anyway because can't bring in enough contractors to actually fix the situation. Why not? Well, because there's nowhere for them to live. And so we're in this kind of double whammy kind of a situation. But I'm not here today to talk about the market. I want to talk about this mindset that you need for success in investment. And like to be a successful real estate investor or to be a successful investor, full stop, you really need to take this long-term sort of delay your gratification mindset. And uh, you like really, you should be thinking in decades rather than, you know, years. And you should be thinking certainly years rather than months, weeks, and or days. Now that might, might not be a very sexy statement, um, especially for you, those of you who are younger who might be watching and you're thinking that you wanna get rich fast and stuff like that. It is not a sexy statement, I agree, but it is accurate nevertheless. And you know, my career, I've spoken about it multiple times before. I've had some really f sudden success stories and it's been great. And you know, I rode that wave back in 2005 and you know, in one deal I did two and a half million profit and it just took me six weeks to make that profit. Those are, you know, those are almost like fables really that's not something that you should expect to repeat ever in your career. And it was kind of a one-time deal for me, but it was very, very nice at the time. But you gotta have a mindset that it can actually take those kind of wins and dust yourself off and kind of say, you know what, that was a one-off. Don't expect this to happen again and have a very stable and a calm approach to the way you invest. So let's get into some of the things that you, know, you can do to, first of all, remember, that investing, especially in real estate, investing in real estate, this is like a long-term thing. It's, you should think of it like a long distance journey, okay? Think about crossing a, an entire continent or something like that. As you go on a big long distance journey like that, what are you gonna experience? You're gonna experience a lot of ups, you're gonna experience a lot of downs, you're gonna experience short stops, long stops, fast straights, you know, motorway sections, you're going to be windy, narrow roads where you have to go slowly. And occasionally, you're going to have to hit reverse. And you might even have to turn around and go back to where you started. And this is the reality about the real estate market. It is a long journey and it's not something that is linear. You should not expect it to go from zero to 100 over a defined period. It might go zero to 20 back down to 13, back up to 40, the back down to 30. It is kind of a zigzag, but hopefully if you get it right, it's going in the right direction over a long enough time period. 
But if you look at it in short sort of spurts, you could be looking at a loss, just the same as the people in the stock market and the crypto market in 2022. Now, there are three types of mindset that I kind of think about when I think about this stuff. You've got the employee mindset, you've got the entrepreneur mindset, and you've got the investor mindset. And the employee and entrepreneur mindset are kind of like the furthest apart from each other. They are on the two sort of either ends of the spectrum. And the investor can sit somewhere in the middle. And I've often used before, I've talked about the gambler and the analyst. That is another kind of analogy along this line. But think about the employee. The employee mindset, an employee tends to be given a task or responsibility in the company that they work. They usually work nine to five, Monday to Friday, earn a stable, reliable wage that comes in every week or every month or whatever it is. And they use that to fund their lifestyle. Now, if they're smart, they'll put away a certain amount of money for the future. Uh, but the wealth building process tends to be slow, but it is linear, it tends to go slowly in an upward direction. Now, the entrepreneur mindset, different entirely. You have to do multiple tasks. You have to be a bit of a practitioner of everything and a master of nothing. Um, you have all the responsibilities. If you own that company, you know, basically the book stops with you. You can't rely on anyone to bail you out. You have to keep on. And it's a constant firefighting situation. You are a problem solver. That's what you do. You solve problems, you find solutions. And if you're at the start of your career, you are looking at working 24 seven. Now, I have friends who have gone and done successful, built successful businesses, and it does ease off. And you can actually build yourself a pretty good self-managing company um, eventually, and it becomes quite easy but there is an awful lot of work to get there. Your job is effectively to generate leads, generate those leads get turned into sales, those sales get turned into revenues, and hopefully you have greater revenue than you do have overhead. And if you've got a surplus there, that surplus, that's your profit. Now, big surpluses can mean big valuations of your company, and so wealth, like extreme wealth as possible, but you can also have big losses and lose it all. So it is a wealth, you know, it is a bumpy ride is what I'm trying to say here. And um, wealth can be, it's not something that's guaranteed on the entrepreneurial journey, but when it works, it can work really, really well. If it doesn't work, it can be a bit of a disaster. And it's important to remember that something like 70% of entrepreneurs never get beyond being a solo entrepreneur employing just themselves. Only about 30% of companies go on to employ lots of people and to become kind of like huge companies. And um, of those 30%, only a small fraction of those 30 go on to become unicorns. Now, the investor mindset is a kind of combination that sits between. You've got, you know, on, on one end, you've got the employee mindset, and the other end, you've got the entrepreneur mindset. You can be a bit of both with an investor. You can be an invest, you can be an employee who invests, and you can be an entrepreneur who invests. It all depends. And, and so that's why the mindset, the investor mindset is quite important. And you've got to remember that the traits that make you a good employee uh, don't necessarily serve you as an investor. But then again, the traits that serve you as an entrepreneur don't necessarily serve you as an investor either. So you do have to be careful. You buy an asset, 
it produces a reliable income, or at least that's what you would hope. And over time, the value of that asset grows. You decide to hold it long term, or maybe you decide to sell it. But if you decide to hold it, then the wealth continues to grow time over, you know, year over year. And it is important to remember that it's not always a linear process. It can also have a bumpy ride, but in the in a lo over a long enough time frame, it tends to go in the right direction. Now, do not be, if you're an investor, do not be naive about it. Um, deals do not always work out. Now, of course, the deal, the day you buy a property or a, an asset or whatever it is, the day you buy is, you know, that you did not buy it because you wanted it to fail. So that goes without saying. You've bought, you put your best foot forward, you made a good decision, so you think, and you bought it. But do not be under the impression that this is fail safe and that you, you cannot make a mistake. Deals sometimes don't work out. And it's not always something that you've done wrong. It might be the market. It might be some other aspect that you have no control over. There are no guarantees with investment. And if there was, then everyone would be out doing it and you wouldn't have such an easy time uh, getting into the market. Now, some people will decline to invest because they don't you know, want to take the risk. Uh, you must tolerate a higher level of risk than, a, than the average employee mindset in order to become an investor. Um, but by doing that, you have to accept that not, one, not all of your deals are gonna work out. Like to expect 100% success rate is simply naive. And so if you're gonna do four or five deals over the next couple of years, I mean, you don't wanna go and buy any property that's gonna lose. But to think that the four or five you do buy are all gonna be winners is just simply naive. And that's not to say that you should go out there and you know be, be sort of foolish or foolhardy about it, but just expect that something, some aspect is outside of your control and therefore there's likely to be some sort of a wrinkle in the deal. Doesn't mean that the deal is irrevocably lost. Like when we talk about return on investment, I think what you should really start by thinking about is return of capital. Return of capital is the first thing to think about. Return on investment is the second thing to think about. Now, if you're not willing to accept these risks, then perhaps you're in the wrong game. If, you don't, if you're not willing to accept that the next deal you do could be you know, a bit of a loss maker, then you're in the wrong game. Um, now, you can stack the deck in your favor, there's no doubt. You can make shrewd decisions. You can have a smart strategy. And all of that definitely helps. But you do not control all of the variables. And it's important to remember, like you can make all the great decisions. Every single decision you make is the right decision. But the market does not care about your decision. It's gonna go whatever way it goes. So buyers, sellers, tenants, the market can change its mind. Sentiment can change and you're out of, you know, it's not, it's not anything that you can do about Markets fluctuate in cycles. As interest rates increase, it's almost guaranteed that as rates go up, you're gonna watch in, uh, asset values go down. There's that corresponding kind of um, uh, movement between those two. And that is why we've seen this spike of asset prices over the last couple of years, because interest rates were so low. Now, supply and demand also you know, shifts over time. Consumer demand shifts over time. 
consumer and investor sentiment shifts over time. You have no control over it. All you can do is, you know, pay attention to it and hope to see it before the market sees it. And it's something that, you know, some people are better at it than others. Market values decline, assets age over time, obsolescence becomes a thing, and you have to start reinvesting in your assets. But certainly in the property business, you have to reinvest. So you go and buy a property today, it'll get you a nice return for many, many years, but if you don't keep some money back to reinvest in it, then at some point in the future, the tenant's gonna move out because the house is in disrepair or whatever, and that's it. They're not, nope, you're not gonna get anybody into that house unless you put money back in. So it is, it's not only one direction. You have to kind of be monitoring what you're doing. Now, over the longer time frame, property does tend to move upwards. And so those little sort of times when things drop and the market fluctuates and stuff, if you can hold out during those periods, then you're gonna do fine. The trajectory tends to be upwards. So the real estate market, it is not like the stock market or the crypto market. Um, those things have got, you know, well, I was going to say daily fluctuations, but it's really more like hourly or even minute by minute fluctuations. Think of the real estate market more like a huge, big oil tanker crossing the ocean. It's going to take time to get up to speed. You know, it slowly, slowly builds up its speed. And then once it hits cruising speed, then it doesn't take a huge amount, just keeps on going. And that tends to smooth out the ride and make, make mean that it's not so bumpy. But because of this, you know, because of this momentum and this inertia that the market has, it takes time to stop and it certainly takes time to change direction. And in fact, if you wanna stop an oil tanker, you have got to put it into its engines into reverse and you've got to do that miles and miles and miles before you actually get even near to the place where you need to slow down. And so that is the way the momentum and the inertia and the property market is very, very similar. The property market will continue moving forward and then all of a sudden you'll start to see that the writing is on the wall. Interest rates have gone up like a year, a year and a half ago, I started talking about inflation on this podcast, on this channel. And what's happened now is inflation, it was flagged back then. Interest rates were gonna to have to go up as a result of that. And here we are one year later and one and a half years later. And you can see that that is now affecting the market. Certainly in the US and the UK, it has affected it more than my home market. So that time lag is a big problem. And if you see a storm when you're in a super tanker, you know, one of these big oil tankers crossing the ocean, if you see a big storm up ahead, too late. Uh, you are just a passenger on that ship now. You can turn away all you want. You're not gonna buy it. You know, you're not gonna get around that storm. You have to go through it. And that is kind of like the analogy I use here in this situation. You're on a boat, you're on a tanker, we'll say. We're going through, we're now about to hit some rocky waters. You just have to hold on now and really, you have no control or influence over it. Now, you can obviously decide that you're going to sell and get out of the market, but that is usually what's happening at the same time as everyone else is making the same decision. So if you decide you want to get out, you're going to find that there's plenty of other people that are thinking about that as well. So there's either going to be lots of buyers, or sorry, lots of sellers at the same time as you, or you're going to find that a lot of the buyers have dried up. 
And so that is one of the problems. And we saw that happen before. Back in 2008, uh, everyone started trying to offload their properties all at the same time. Market crashed. It fell 70% or something like that. And, um, and that's what happens in these situations. Now, a lot of people were lured into a false sense of security over such a long period of time. And that was one of the problems with um, rising markets is that they tend to go up for so long that you forget that there can be down periods. And so you end up in a situation where you forgot that there can actually be a correction. So we're in this point now, uh, not so sure the Irish market is going to endure a correction, but certainly the UK and the US market is going through a correction at the moment. Um, when the market is rising and everyone is buying, when rates start to rise, the ability to fund those purchases suffers. And that's when people consider which asset they're going to sell and which one they're going to get out. The short-term trading sort of mindset that people have, they're the people that are going to be looking to sell right now. But the people that have this long-term, I want to own this property in 20, 30 years, those people are just going to ignore the panic. And they're just going to say, you know what, I'm just going to hold, I'm just going to stay here. Might even buy those other guys, those traders that are getting out, I might buy those properties. Now, I wanted to put this video out today or this podcast out today as a reminder because um, the assets uh, you got to assess before you start buying and getting into this market you really got to assess the type of mindset that you have are you the short-term trader or are you the long-term holder um, yes values may fall over the next while um, but they eventually recover as they did after 2008. Back in 2008, everyone thought the world was collapsing. A couple of years later, people were buying up at absolute bargain prices. And here we are today, the prices are currently around about the height that they got to in 2008. And what do we expect? If, if the market falls, who cares? I mean, that would be the attitude that I would hope that you have because you're thinking long-term. You're not thinking about your asset price one of the big mistakes I've heard people talking about, and I've heard it recently from people I was speaking to, they're saying that, you know, they've made this much money because their property that they bought has gone up to this price. But the reality is, is that it's only ever a moment in time. So today you haven't made any money. You've made the money if you've sold the property, yes. But if it's valued at X today, it could be valued at, you know, 10% less than that next year and so don't get fixated on you know what your how much you've made because you haven't made it unless you crystallize that and if you do sell it then of course you have to pay tax and all that kind of stuff so you have to just think about this take the long term the i bought a property in 1993 so we are now in my 30th year as a property investor and i bought that property for 85,000 irish pounds and in the period that I owned it, which was, you know, I only sold it like three years ago, I think. In the 27 years that I owned that property, I was paid the same amount of rent as three times the value that I paid for that property over that period of time. So, you know, it definitely pays to hold long term. I ended up selling that property for, I think, around 700,000. So I... I I got close to 10x plus getting paid three times the amount that I paid for the property. So long-term hold. Why did I sell? I sold because I wanted to put the money into another asset. 
And so that's what a, that, that's the kind of decision that you have to make. But I didn't take the money out because I wanted to go and fund lifestyle or something like that. Remember that success tends to flow to investors that are calm, collected and rational thinking. It tends to flow to people who are willing to delay gratification and it tends to flow to people who do not feel compelled to prove anything to anybody else. I don't need to go and buy a fancy watch to show you that I'm successful. I don't need to buy a fancy car to show all my friends, look at me, look at, look at what I can afford. That is just, that, that whole comparison thing, that's gonna sink your ship. Um, remember that people, that the best investors are the one with an inner confidence and a certainty but don't mistake that with arrogance. If you're out there bragging about, you know, that you're going to hold this and you're going to hold that and all this kind of stuff, you're kind of missing the point. The idea is calm, collected and quietly confident. You have to be capable of waiting out the market and provided, of course, you have the cash flow to do that. One of the biggest things that you can, one of the biggest mistakes you can make is think you're going to wait out the market, but actually haven't put yourself in a, in a situation from a cash flow point of view to be able to do that. What is your return on investment? And what is your, we'll say, interest cover? If you got if you got funding at a very, very low rate and those rates are rising now or they're going to reset in the next year or two, you gotta be careful that you actually have the cash flow to cover that increased rate. Look ahead, project out, and just make sure you're in a position to be able to cover that. If you are, then by all means, sit back and just wait for the market to recorrect itself and then it'll be back up and it'll be heading in the right direction again. Developing a strong mindset is absolutely essential as an investor and I really urge you do not underestimate the importance of this. All right guys thanks so much for listening I wish you all a great week and I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Behind the Facade. If you have any questions or topics you'd like me to cover in future episodes, please connect with me via the Facebook group that is Behind the Facade Community. Alternatively, you will find me on social media. My handle is Gavin J. Gallagher. And you can stay up to date with all the projects and various things I'm working on in my website, which is GavinJGallagher.com. And when you're there, please do add your name, join the tribe, and uh, you'll be able to connect with me via the weekly newsletter. So that's all for now. See you guys in the next episode.